1: C Sparky Fiverr here on 1250 AM. The Fan being joined now by Robbie Stanley. Of course, catch him on the game down in Nashville on 102.5 The Game along with Joe Rexrode, who we just talked to uh, last week, uh, weekday, 6A to 10A. As we broadcast live from the Wendy's studios, don't forget when the Bucks win, you win. You get a free Frosty at Wendy's at participating Wisconsin Wendy's, and they have their brand-new Peppermint Frosty right now that you need to make sure to check out. Uh, I'll tell you this, I needed several Frosties at, after watching that god-awful Packer game against the Tennessee Titans. And while it may seem like Robbie Stanley is coming on to talk Titans, in reality, jo- Joe let us in on the fact that Robbie is a diehard true Packers fan. So with that being said, Robbie, what did you take away from that Packers loss last night to a team you know very well in the Tennessee Titans?
2: Yeah, it was, it was one of those things where it, the game played out really exactly the way the Titans wanted it to in terms of just the style of, of how they needed to play. The Packers looked like they were hell-bent on stopping Derrick Henry, which they absolutely should have been. That's by far the best weapon that the Titans have. And they were selling out. They were blitzing, trying to stop Derrick Henry. And they actually did a pretty good job of stopping Derrick Henry. Uh, But for the first time this season, the the passing attack for the Titans really made a team pay for doing that. Traylon Burks had a big night. Austin Hooper, obviously, with a couple of touchdown uh, catches there. So, you know, a lot of ways for the, for the Packers defensively, the game plan worked. You shut down Derrick Henry, but Ryan Tannehill and the Titans passing attack have not been able to take advantage of that so far this year, and last night they did. So, you know, the passing defense for the Packers, at least numerically, has been a strength for them this season. I think if you watch the Packers play, you know that there have been some big moments in big games where that passing defense has come up short. But I, I was blown away at how the Titans wide receivers got open last night against that Packers defense. The Titans haven't been able to get open against anybody all season long. And the fact that they did last night against the Packers, I think does not speak well to what Joe Barry and company are doing on that side of the ball.
1: So there's a couple of things here, right? Uh, So the first thing is when Rashawn Gary goes down with that injury, my initial thought was, uh uh-oh, are they going to be able to get enough of a pass rush now to keep quarterbacks honest? Uh, and against Dak Prescott, he had uh, time and time again in order to make throws. Thankfully, he wasn't able to. And I feel like Ryan Tannehill was pretty comfortable most of the night as well.
2: Yeah, he was. And obviously, when you when you lose a player like Rashad Gary, it's just so hard to make up for that loss. And you know, Preston Smith had a couple of good snaps against the Titans. Uh, that left tackle situation for the Titans is pretty bad with Dennis Daly in there as the starter, since Taylor Lewan has gone down with injury. So. I mean, you feel good about Preston Smith, but where else is it going to come from? Who are going to be the other guys that step in and can get after the quarterback? And, like you said, without Rashawn Gary, I mean, that's just going to be, I think, a difficult task for the Packers the rest of the season. So you can manufacture some pressure, you can blitz, and the Packers did that a few times last night, but there's always something to be said when you can get home with the front four and you can drop seven in coverage. Talked about this several times. That's how you have. Elite defense in the NFL. That's how you play
1: elite defense. And with
2: Rashawn Gary missing, I just think it's going to be really hard for the Packers to accomplish that as they move forward.
1: Everybody wanted Darnell Savage to move to nickel. Everybody wanted uh, whoever it may be, Ford or whoever they decide to play back there at safety. Uh, They wanted to see how good Savage could be closer to the line of scrimmage, being able to blitz from the slide, be able to play the run a little bit better. Uh, And the Packers and Joe Barry obliged uh, and gave everybody what they wanted. And I think it's pretty clear that Savage didn't know what he was necessarily doing some of the time in that game. And that's what kind of led to communication breakdowns in the secondary.
2: It did. And it cost them dearly at times last night. And, you know, Savage has had a tough season. You know, even when he's back at his natural position at safety, there have been some games where it's just not gone very well. And he kind of feels like a weak link back there in coverage. But like you said, the communication really seemed to be an issue last night for them. And it was one of those things, too, where you just look around and there are guys on the Titans, like I said, that haven't been able to get really all that open all year long that were just running wide open last night, whether that be Robert Woods, whether that be Traylon Burks. Uh, But even a a big play to Chig there late in the game, the tight end, he's just wide open and nobody's around him. So uh, that, that, to me, speaks more of, maybe some coverage busts and some lack of communication for the Packers than it does the Titans wide receivers just magically figuring things out and, try and finding ways to get open.
1: Time with Robbie Stanley from the game in Nashville. Robbie and Rex Road mornings. Uh, we had Joe Rex Road on last week uh, and Robbie on today. Now, Robbie, by trade, uh, obviously knows all about the Titans, a huge uh, hockey and Predators guy as well on the Predators uh, radio network. Follow him on Twitter at rstanleyNHL. We know something about that. We have the Milwaukee Admirals here, the feeder system for Nashville so we're very familiar with the Predators. I want to get back to a positive on defense if you don't mind for the Packers and that was I feel like the coming out party for Quay Walker that that had to be the best game that the rookie linebacker has played this year to this point.
2: He was really good and it felt like he was all over the place in that game and I think just the speed that he brings to the table is starting to become evident and I think, and you guys know this, when you're when you're a rookie in the NFL and you're trying to find your way and you're playing the game at this speed for the first time, a lot of times there's a lot of thinking that goes on out there, and that can especially be the case at that position where you just got to read and react to so many different things. And it it just felt like Quay Walker last night was a guy that was playing free out there. He was just seeing what he was seeing. He was trusting his eyes, and he was reacting to it. And when he's playing that fast and when, he, when he's able to just read and react, he's got the speed, I think, to just be a really effective guy playing linebacker. So, you know, I agree with you. I thought he was a huge bright spot in the game. I think his future is really good. I watched him play a lot when he was at Georgia with that great defense they had last year too. And I just think they've got something really special there. So I thought it was an outstanding performance. Kuehl Walker uh, could have been even on
1: the could have been even better had they called the holding call when he came up the middle and was grabbed and they didn't throw the flag. I mean that that penalty right there absolutely killed the Packers. Not saying that they played well enough to deserve to win that game, but that that did not do them any favors when they missed that holding call. And him coming up the middle and he was grabbed.
2: Well, it didn't, and it just feels like there's a call or two in every game so far this year, whether it be with the Packers or really just pick a game around the league where you're just missing blatant holding calls, and you're missing blatant calls left and right. And look, I realize these guys are humans, and they're going to miss some calls, and missed calls have always been a part of the game, but some of these are just egregious, and it makes you think, like, if that's not holding, what is? Like, what what is the definition of holding? So I agree. They, I feel like league-wide, uh, and we've had callers in, in Nashville talk about this too, lots of missed calls when it comes to holding, and that's been a problem in the NFL this year, I think.
1: Can you believe uh, how much uh, how good Christian Watson truly is after really being a non-factor most of the season because he couldn't stay healthy? Now five touchdowns in two weeks. I mean, at the rate he's going, he's going to lead the league in touchdowns and really of only having played half the season.
2: It really It's amazing to me how that one catch
1: in, in the Dallas game
2: for the first touchdown seemed to just unlock him. And, and we see this happen from time to time in sports where all it takes is really one play to be made and then all of a sudden there's a guy just playing with confidence out there. And that's where I feel like Christian Watson is right now. He makes the great over-the-shoulder catch against the Cowboys. And it just felt like that was the, that was the play that he needed to really be off and running. And I've always loved you know, the, the, the tangible stuff with Christian Watson as far as his size, his speed, everything he brings to the table that way. But as we know, I mean, there have been some plays this year where either he's not been on the same page with Rodgers or he's dropped the ball or whatever the case may be. And it just feels like that one play in the Dallas game has unlocked him. And now, you know, in a a five-day period pretty much, he has become, I think, by far the most trusted target, other than probably Randall Cobb, uh, to Rodgers out there, just with some of the plays that he's making. I mean, last night the Titans are, are caught with too many men on the field. And I know it's a, it's a no-lose situation throwing the ball up there. I think Rodgers referred to it as a trust ball right. after the game. You throw the trust ball, you, you trust your receiver to go up and make a play for you, and he does it. So, I mean, with that combination of size and speed that he brings to the table, I think this is what the Packers envisioned when they selected him. Yep. And you're right, you know, staying healthy has been a problem for Christian Watson. But if he can stay healthy moving forward here, and I'm really intrigued by him because – You don't run across that combination of size and speed very
1: often. Yeah, I totally agree with you on that. What about Rodgers? Obviously, he's got that thumb that's banged up, but he didn't want to hear that as an excuse uh, in the postgame. He missed some pretty wide-open throws that was very uh, unlike Aaron Rodgers of the last decade or so.
2: He really did, and, and I almost couldn't believe some of the throws that he was missing last night. And it's weird because, you know, the thumb is absolutely a thing, and I think it's a problem for him. But you think back to the Dallas game, you know, he's talked about it. The thumb was a problem for him in that game, too, and he was just about perfect in that game in terms of putting the ball where he wants to put it. I mean, he even had a couple of throws to Lazard last night where you're like, man, that is a classic Aaron Rodgers throw right there. And then he misses the one to Lazard coming over the middle there. Just some easy throws, especially by his standards that we're so used to watching him make that he's just a little bit off on. And that's happened a couple of times this year. I think earlier in the year it was easy to look at it and say, all right, well, the receivers aren't exactly where where he thinks that they should be, where he wants them to be. And I still think that's happening from from time to time in this offense. But last night he just missed a lot of throws that were there and available for him to make. And, And I was shocked by some of the throws that he missed against the Titans.
1: Yeah, I really was too. And, you know, the other thing about this is he's got a lot of money coming to him next year, Robbie. I mean, we're talking like $59 million or something like that. Uh, and that's going to be a big, big problem for this team because they've got to figure out now uh, what what is next. Because if Aaron Rodgers... Uh, and this Packers team are eliminated from playoff contention with, say, I don't know, two, three games to go in the season, whatever it may be, do you run Jordan Love out there knowing that Aaron Rodgers is your starting quarterback next year and how Rodgers would react to such a thing? Well,
2: I, I think it's a great question, and I don't know how Rodgers would react, but I, I can certainly understand from like the organization standpoint. You know, Jordan Love's in his third year now. Rodgers, if he comes back, is going to be your starting quarterback next year. And you're going to have to make a decision as to whether or not you're going to pick up Jordan Love's fifth-year option. And he's got basically zero game time because he's not been able to get into any meaningful game action other than the start he had against Kansas City last year. So, you know, I think Lafleur was asked last week about, you know, just kind of the idea of whether or not he knows what he has in Jordan Love. And he says he's got a pretty good idea. And I can understand, you know, obviously Lafleur and the coaching staff are with him every day. I'm sure they do have a decent idea of where Jordan Love is in his development. But there's a difference between practice and preseason games and being the guy every single week. So I think there's got to be at least some natural curiosity there if you're Matt Lafleur and this coaching staff as to what exactly he is and what exactly he has. Because whether it's this year, next year, two years from now, whatever it is, I think we all know that Aaron Rodgers' time left with the Packers is coming to an end in some form or fashion. He's going to retire at some point. And is Jordan Love going to be the answer after that? I don't know, and I'm not sure that they know either, which is it puts them in a really interesting spot when it comes to whether or not to pick up that fifth-year option.
1: I got one last one for you. Uh, the story coming out about Todd Downing, the Titans offensive coordinator, apparently charged with driving under the influence early Friday morning after getting back from Green Bay. I, I don't i don't understand like how i mean did he have enough time to get to a bar i mean was what was there with drinking on the plane like i don't think i've ever heard of somebody getting pulled over for something like this upon landing at the airport and trying to go home
2: yeah i can't say i've ever heard anything like it either and you know based on the timing of it uh, he was arrested right around 3 a.m local time here in nashville so you know, by the time the game's over with, you hop on the flight from Green Bay back to Nashville. I mean, that's right around the time they get home. I mean, right. it, it couldn't have been that long. So, I mean, I'm only assuming that, you know, there was probably some drinking that happened on the plane. You know, the Titans obviously don't play again until next Sunday. So they've got a little bit of a break here. But like you said, just a really weird situation. Ty downing has been a guy that just because of the on-the-field performance from the Titans offense, he's been under a heavy scrutiny here with the Titans. A couple years ago, they had Arthur Smith as the offensive coordinator, and he was so good that he got the head coaching job with the Atlanta Falcons. The, the, the offense has gone kind of steadily downhill since Todd Downing took over. I thought last night was probably the best game that Todd Downing has called in his time as offensive coordinator for the Titans. And on what should be a day of celebration for the Titans, you're 7-3, and three, you're in first place in your division, you're going to make the playoffs again, you're in a really good spot. Now you've got this Todd Downing story uh, that that's kind of taken that spotlight away from him. So really yeah, but, bad decision by him, and yeah, you know but, it's one of those things, too, where you're just thankful they didn't, nobody got hurt.
1: I didn't hear you guys talk about it uh, yet. Yeah, you, you, guys, you guys didn't have a show when this all broke, did you? This didn't break during your show, did it, or did it?
2: Oh, yeah, it did. It sure. did.
1: Okay, so this is my thing. If he got off the plane and then got into his car— Nobody on that team on that plane realized that ah, maybe he shouldn't be driving. Maybe somebody well, should give that dude a ride home. I mean, I, I well, don't know, it's,
2: man. It's
1: a great question. And
2: the other part of this is, you know, first off, we can talk about just the lifestyle anyway. You're an NFL offensive coordinator, you make plenty of money to call an Uber if you need to. Yep. But secondly, like, you're, it's an NFL team. Like, the Titans have, uh, you know, the, the, the company Lyft, they get free rides because they have a partnership with the Titans. Like there are so many different ways in the year 2022 where this shouldn't happen really with anyone, much less a coach on an NFL staff.
1: Just crazy. Absolutely crazy. Hey, man, thanks so much for coming on. And uh, we'll have to do this again now that I know I got a, a Packers fan down in Nashville. I've got to check in with you some more often. Robbie Stanley, Robbie and Rex Road in the mornings on the game in Nashville weekdays, 6A to 10A. Thanks so much for coming on, man. Appreciate it.
0: Absolutely. Appreciate you having me.